Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for another Sunday that you have given to us, Lord. We worship you. I thank you for taking me on a long journey, bringing me back home. Thank you for your people, your church. Thank you that you bless us, you increase us according to your will, your word. We pray that this morning, Lord, you lead us into your truth into your will and we thank you that your will is done in our life in our church in Jesus name we pray for the spirit of revelation and wisdom in the knowledge of you Lord thank you father in Jesus name amen Amen. you may be seated hallelujah it's good to be back home Interpret to those who don't speak, huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, it's good to be back home. Um, I was on quite a long journey. I actually cut off some parts of the journey uh, to enable me to be back home. Um, I was in, first in Paraguay, South America, in uh, two cities. The first was incarnation. The <laughs> yeah, incarnation. You know, just like the Muslim world have some cities, Islamabad and so on, there are some cities named after Christian things. So I was in Paraguay, which was a very Catholic country, incarnation and ascension. So, or incarnation and ascension. And I was in Canadian for a program with the Assemblies of God. They had their annual, they had a, a program for all their churches in the country. And uh, I was the speaker. And uh, after that, I was in Ascension, which, was, which is the capital also. I was also there in the largest church uh, in the city. It was a very powerful time. And then also in Panama, I was again with Pastor Alvarez and I was supposed to go to Colombia but I cancelled that trip uh, for certain reasons and then I was in New York City where we had a camp meeting for our pastors and also uh, some services Connecticut and New York 
And then also I was in London for another camp meeting, pastors and shepherds camp meeting. And also we dedicated our new cathedral in London on Sunday, last week Sunday. You know, we, we, bought a, we bought a building in London costing a million pounds plus. And so last week Sunday was the opening and the, was it last Sunday or the Sunday before? The opening and the dedication of that building. Hallelujah. So the Londoners are very happy. They have their own cathedral, London Cathedral, that's what they call it. And uh, they are doing very well. They're very happy. Uh, Also, for your information, we also bought a building, church building in Lagos. Uh, last week. Hallelujah. So, I believe we have so many Nigerians in our church that we need to have a church in Nigeria. Amen. Hallelujah. And um, so I'll be going to Nigeria soon, God willing. And um, we are blessed and moving on. Amen. Amen. So it's good to be back home to see all of you. And um, I believe God has a plan for us to move ahead as a church. I want to say that God is moving everywhere. Um, in all nations of the world, there is a move of God. There's, the church is growing and advancing in, in different ways. And the world is becoming more dangerous more complex you know when i was going to uh, i was going to london there were 1500 troops at heathrow airport with tanks and artillery and all kinds of things you know because they are they are they're expecting they they say they, they know people have missiles which they plan to shoot with which they plan to shoot down planes as they are coming so maybe british airways is, is coming to land and they they shoot it down with all the passengers. So there were so many troops, guns, tanks, and so on at the airport, all over. The whole world is becoming very complex and uh, dangerous. But I believe that the Lord is keeping us. But as the confusion increases, you get it, the kingdom of God marches on. And the church also continues on its mission in the midst of it and uh, the thing that governs most of us is fear fear is the predominant force in the world people are afraid of this afraid of even the war they are going to fight in iraq is fear of fear some it's fear of uh uh what do you call it saddam using his uh weapons or some is fear of not having the oil for some it's fear of not being able to attack Saddam next time if they don't attack him now and so many things so fear is the predominant force and many of the things we do or do not do are because of fear you know even to travel to preach to do the work of God you know you, you, you have to not be afraid because these days when you go and sit on a plane you have to think about it very carefully and pray also because when you put on the television, you see a, some plane has fallen down somewhere. 
every year when I'm going, a plane falls down usually somewhere. The last time I was going to this place, I put on the TV just as I was about to, and I saw a plane had uh, fallen out of the air, American Airlines. Then I was going to South America. I saw a South American plane had gone to fly into the mountains. This time when I put on the TV, I saw Iran Air with 300 passengers has also going to fall down somewhere and so on. So you need, if, if you don't take care, you will be directed by fear. And you will not do the things you are supposed to do. Maybe you're supposed to be a pastor. So I'm afraid somebody will bring up my past. My past life. Or one of my former so-and-so will just arrive with a child or with one of my children that I have at another place. You know? <laughs> and so many fears will grip you all the time. Everything you want to do. I'm afraid if I do this. I'm afraid if I do this. I know Bible says that Christ came to deliver us, deliver the world, people who have been bound in fear. Fear of death. You know, one of the things that we are afraid of mostly, or, or we are really afraid of, is, is death. We don't want to die. Even though we may be suffering here, we still don't want to die. Rarely do you have somebody who wants to die. You know? But I believe that God has set us free from the power of, of fear. And when you are free from fear, you are really able to serve God. Most of us can't really serve God properly because of our fears. Fear that I'll be broke. You know, one young man said to his pastor, you know, if I follow you, he said we should go and start a church and we do this. If I go and do this and I, I am not able to keep my job going or get my money coming in as I want it to come, will the church give me money? He was asking his pastor, and so, and the answer to that question is no, the church will not give you money. If you, if you do the work of God and your business goes down, your business may have gone down because of your mismanagement, not because you are doing the work of God. You get it? Or if you do, go and do the work of God and you don't pass your exams, will the church come and see the headmaster or come and see the principal of the school? We won't. Because the fact that you do the work of God does not mean that you cannot do well in life. Hallelujah. But it is your fear of whatever that keeps you from doing the work. So we need to be really free from fear because the fear is increasing in the world. You know, if you look at our next door neighbors in Abidjan, you realize that it's not easy. You know, as they are fighting, you don't even know when the thing is going to end. And uh, even in our own country, as you watch these reconciliation people saying all sorts of things, you can easily be scared. Is it not true? You know, because you see that a lot of people are, are bitter. And there are a lot of things in the system. And you know, some others too could all, there are two sides to every story. And so some people could not be happy with this and that. But I believe that as these things carry on, you know, uh, we must persist and just carry on doing the work of God. One of the groups I admire are some of the business people in Ghana, especially foreigners. You know, whoever comes to do a coup or whatever, they don't really mind. They just carry on doing their business. I was once in a, a Chinese restaurant and I was talking to the owner, Chinese man, and I asked him something about whatever. I said, I'm here to make Chinese food and to make money. I don't care who is in the castle, who is doing this, who is doing that, whatever. 
they should do, they should kill themselves, I'm still making my Chinese food here. And whoever is there will send somebody to come and buy the food. And then I just sell it to them. You know, and I believe that we need to have the same attitude in the kingdom. Whoever is there, we just carry on doing our part, doing what we can do, preaching the, the word of God, and then we carry on until we cannot do it, it anymore. But there comes a time when you can't. You know, there are some times and situations where you cannot, even if you want to, you cannot. But I believe that walking away from the fears that grip us will take us to the next level. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I want to just move into something. Can you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1? I want to uh, begin to share with you about what I call excellence. Excellence in all aspects of life. Amen. How many want to excel in life, in ministry, in business, in marriage? Excellence. Hallelujah. Most of us are average but god wants us to excel god wants us to have excellent marks and to excel in what we do hallelujah you will notice that many of us in ghana are trying to go abroad to become other uh, nationals of other countries and there are many lebanese and half lebanese and all other kinds of people trying to become ghanaians and to gain Ghanaian passports. <laughs> when Ghanaians are trying to go outside and get other passports. But I tell you that it is possible for us to excel right here. And do well here. And God will bless us. Amen. The reason why white people come and build our roads for us. Is because when we are building the roads, we don't build them well. Is that also we big with big gutters? We never cover the gutters. We don't. The road is mulliganos. You see various things. You are not happy. Then you go and bring a white man to come and make the road for us, because the way when we make it, it is not doesn't work out well. And so we need to learn to excel and do whatever God has called us to do excellently, so that we will have the highest blessing. Because those who are excellent are those who are getting rewarded. They are getting paid. They are getting invited. If you, are not, if you don't excel, you will not be invited again. You will not be wanted. Nobody will request for you. Nobody will want your services. And so we need to excel. If you take a, a plane like Ghana Airways, which often does not excel to, to, to my uh, expectations, you find out that there are people who would fly with it once and will not fly with it again. Because you are supposed to come to leave at a certain time, then they don't leave at that time, and they leave at another time. I remember one time I was going to London to officiate a wedding, and I was leaving on Friday night, and the wedding was on Saturday, and there was no pastor who could officiate the wedding in London. And I was going, and the person who was getting married was a medical student, and there were a whole lot of medical students going with Ghana Airways for the wedding and other things, of course, but they would have, they had timed everything to be there for the wedding. They were leaving Friday night. And as I got to the airport, I was going on another airline because I'd had one experience and I, I decided that I would go for the excellent aeroplane rather than the unexcellent aeroplane. You are there? Yes. Are you with me? Yes. 
yeah so i was going with a more excellent plane and when i got to the airport all these students got they were all the person was a member of our church he was a medical student all his medical student friends and colleagues and everybody was going for the wedding when i got there they were all going with ghana Airways because it was cheaper and when i got there they said oh the flight has been um, postponed or cancelled to the next day so they'll be going in the morning you know so none of them was at the wedding and i thought about if i had been on that plane even the wedding may not have been able to come on you get it all and asha or somebody would have officiated the wedding <laughs> are you listening to me so gradually you find that people gravitate towards something that is excellent gradually we 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 move towards something that is working well we we move towards countries that are excelling if i offer you opportunity to go to a place where they are excelling in leadership in governance in in creating democracy and peace and stability and prosperity you'll find that people are trying to go there but many people in this, in other countries don't know what we are talking about and so really what we are trying to do is to go towards something that is working well and something that is excelling and we need to you know i have many carpenters masons electricians and so on and i am always struggling with them to do things excellently to make things straight because you know in ghana when when you see even furniture that is done by our usual carpenters you can see that oh this is a non-excellent work and you know who did it by a non-excellent performer i lie or i no lie what i'm saying is it not a true something that i'm saying yeah you see the thing and you don't you don't know why you see that you don't even know that it's not straight most of us don't know things that are not straight because you can't really see but there are so many non-straight things around you just know that the place is not like europe you don't know exactly what but if you have a chance i'll show you things that are not straight and then you you will see why you know we always immediately know that this was not made by whatever or this was made by such and such a person and you know i believe that it's time for us to move ahead and to you know sharpen the unsharpened things in our lives amen and perfect the things that we are doing that are not perfect so that what we have is excellent and what we do is excellent our lives are excellent our marriages are excellent you know many of us our marriages are good up to a point we are like Naaman the leper this and this and this is good but he was a leper and there is an area that is not good you wouldn't say mercy for yourself <laughs> hallelujah it's time for us to let things approach excellence and approach the ultimate the best to try to give the best to do the best and not just leave things you know halfway done half baked you know take it like that you know one of the commonest things you have for workers masons carpenters electricians when something is not good or they will say that, that is how it is and i always say that is not how it is that is not how it is it can be done i have can have people they've made a window i'll make them break the whole window and the wall and refix the window just slightly like this just just less than one inch to do it i don't mind i said i cannot spend my life looking at something that is not straight 
And I'll tell you something. When you are in a good environment, you think differently, very, very differently. When, when, when your surroundings are excellent and, and so on, you, you, you even think differently. And, and for your own sake, it is, it is important for you to get yourself into an excellent environment. I remember one time I went to preach somewhere, I'll not tell you where it was, but outside Ghana, and I was taken to a hotel which was not an excellent hotel in a certain country. And when we were getting to the hotel, you know, just as we were approaching the hotel, we were driving on a road which was full of rubbish. You know, I've never seen anything like that in Ghana before. No, I say baller. Can you imagine if the baller truck has poured the baller on the road all over? I've never seen anything like that anywhere in Ghana. Maybe it exists at, at, at some places, but I have never seen it. All over. It's a, it's a standard rubbish, plastic bag, this, that, all over. And we were just driving through. And I was thinking that, you know, we are on our way. It, it's like somewhere we have to pass through this place to get to where we are going. But not knowing that the place we were going to was in that area. So after some time, we got to the place and the guy said, yeah, this is the place. So I said, where? He said, here. I said, okay, let's go. When we got into the hotel, they took us to our rooms and so on. And uh, when I got into the rooms, we were there. You know, and I was with my friend, one of my assistants. You know, then they were all watching for my reaction. You know, because you see, a year before, they had brought another international pastor or international evangelist or whatever there. And when he got into the hotel and he looked at the play, he said, I'm not staying here. <laughs> he, said, he said it clearly. He said, I'm not staying here. Take me to the best hotel in this city. I'm not staying here. And they had to take him. So they were watching me to see whether I would also say, I'm not staying here. I, I tell, but I, I didn't say that. And I, I mean, I knew, I know some of these. I said, no problem. Will be here. The place, I said, even if you are bathing, you wouldn't want your skin to touch somewhere. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm talking about? You wouldn't want, and then when you are lying in the bed, you don't want your skin to touch the bed. <laughs> and I remember I was there for about five days. And throughout the time that I was there, you know, although I was praying, I couldn't pray well. Although I was reading the Bible, I couldn't read the Bible properly. I was reading, I wasn't getting any revelations. And then I was take, after that, I went to another place, another country, and I was in a different, very different environment there. And suddenly, my mind revelations. <laughs> understanding you know it was it was the difference was so clear that i realized that it's very important your surroundings so if even your house is not nice where you sleep or where you spend a lot of time if it's one room make it the nicest place in the world you will find out that you start thinking differently and your mind will work differently so, so ladies and gentlemen we we need to move out of this Take it like that. That is how it is. You know, that is how it is. 
Uh, that is how this is. It is always fault, or it is always like this, or this, there's nothing you can do about it. I think that it is a very negative thing, and we need to move to the highest, best possible situation that we can have. Whether you are a pastor, whether you are a musician, you should be the best. Amen. Whether you are a, a mother, you should be a good mother. So mothers don't care about their children. You know, they don't care at all. They don't care about their husbands. You know, they descend into what I call the basis, basis form. You know, we all have different forms or different manifestations. You get it? Like a chameleon. You have red, white. It can come in red, white, blue, yellow, black, and so on. Depend on how it's feeling. And some of us, when we, we are married, after you are married, you just manifest in the darkest form without light. You know, the lowest way that you can manifest. No effort, no, no interest because <clears throat> you have what you wanted. But I believe that we need to strive for the excellence that God uh, desires of us because God's way of doing things is excellent. Since he made the planets and the moon and the stars and so on, you know, none of them have crashed we, the earth has never crashed with the sun or with the moon. We, have you seen the, the earth has started going towards the moon and every, we are going out of our solar system? And, no, we, it's, it's all running perfect. It's human beings who are spoiling the earth. We are, we are gradually destroying the whole earth until there's nothing left. But what God has created is perfect. It's excellent. It's, mar- it's amazing. It's intricate. It's, it's, it's splendid. So we must also strive, hallelujah, for excellence in our lives. And I tell you, you can have a brochi right here. Amen. You can have a good life right here. You can be blessed right here. And you, you need to believe these things. You know, many people have gone abroad and are not happy over there. You know, they, 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 you should, when you write to them, tell, I write and say, tell me the truth. You know, how is the place truly? Because we are hearing conflicting reports now. You know? And I believe that God can give us an excellent situation. Amen. So, I'm, as I'm, I'll be sharing, uh, I'm going to be sharing about so many different areas of life. And when you put the whole picture together, and you put the whole, all the pieces together, you will find your life is approaching excellence. Lift your hand and say, I'll be an excellent Christian. I'll be an excellent businessman. I'll be an excellent husband or wife. I will be an excellent person. In the name of Jesus, by the word of God, I shall excel. I shall move ahead. I shall be excellent. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to be sharing from the book of Corinthians on this subject. And I believe God is going to bless. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul, verse 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. Amen. Verse 2. Now just notice there that Paul was always with somebody and somebody was helping Paul. Amen. God has designed his ministry such that we always need somebody. 
Amen. Do you know one of the reasons why we always need somebody, whether you are up or down, you always need somebody up or down, it is to keep us humble. It's, it's one of God's design methods to make you and I humble. Because when the fact that you need somebody, you know, humbles you, and the fact that I need somebody also humbles me. I may be whatever, but I still need somebody. You will find that Paul will always write and say, Paul and Timothy, Paul and this one is Sosthenes, our brother. You know, he is writing, and not only him, because probably the person who is uh, writing the thing is actually uh, 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 Sosthenes, you know. And verse 2, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, amen, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, amen. Now you notice here that we are called to be saints. Now you notice that the Catholic Church is making people into saints. How, what do they call that process? Is it canonized? No. Is it canonized when you are made a saint? Pacification. Beatification. Okay, it's one of them. True or false? All right. You, you, they are making people into saints. Now, a saint is like somebody who is like very good. Is that not so perfect? You know, someone who is, who is really holy has no sin, has no problem, has done so many good things and is such a good person. Alright? So the Catholic Church is canonizing or beatifying people, depending on which one is correct, and making them into saints. But you can see right from this scripture that we are all called to be saints. We are all called to be that perfect thing. We are all called to be that excellent thing. Whatever excellent thing that a person can be, which is a saint, we are all called to be that thing. Hallelujah. And we must strive to become that thing. Amen. Notice verse 3. Grace and peace be unto you. Amen. From God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank my God upon your, on your, always on your behalf, for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Notice verse 5. It says that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. We are enriched. And this morning you are being enriched. Amen. You are being made richer. You are being made more excellent. Hallelujah. In all knowledge. Hallelujah. Uh, as the word of God is coming to you, you are becoming more excellent in every aspect of your life. And I'm telling you, as you listen to these teachings, your life is going to take an upward direction towards excellence in the name of Jesus. So that verse 2, verse 7 uh, it says, so that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, there will be no gift that you will lack. When you need a gift, you're going to have it. Verse 8. Who shall also conform you unto the end, that you may be blameless 
in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now you will notice again, God is conforming you, transforming you, so that you'll be blameless. You know, and as you listen to these messages again, I see the spirit of excellence coming upon you. Blameless. Blameless means that there is nothing that can be pointed to you and, and you'll be told, it's your fault. You are wrong about this. You are wrong about that. As you submit yourself to the word of God and to what word is coming to you, you are going to become more and more blameless. Blameless in your marriage. Blameless in your relationship. Blameless in your business. Blameless in uh, your schoolwork. Blameless in your friendships. Blameless in everything you undertake. Blameless in whatever you put your hand on. Blameless in every aspect of your life. As you enrich yourself with the word of God, you become more and more and more and more blameless and excellent in every aspect. Sometimes, sometimes you have one problem in one area and it spoils everything. Do you know that? You know that? Some people have a whole lot of money, a whole lot of everything, you know, but their wives have left them. Wife, the wife has taken off. Or some, some women also have everything. They have this, they have that, they have that, whatever. But their husband has moved out into the wilderness. Because the Bible says it is better to dwell in the wilderness than in a large house with a brawling, contentious woman who is constantly pestering you. So he's moved to the wilderness. His address is now P.O. Box Wilderness. 24 Wilderness. Or perhaps he's moved to the desert. The Bible says it's better to dwell in the desert than to dwell in a, in a large house with a contentious woman. So his address is now P.O. Box 334 Desert. Or perhaps he's moved to the rooftop. He's moved out of his main bedroom to the rooftop. It's now, his address is now CB on top of the roof. House number 12 on top of the roof. When you come to the house and you said the whole house, you will see me except you move upstairs and you break through the ceiling. I'll be up there receiving. I prefer the rain and the sunshine than to hear the constant that I'm receiving in the house. Hallelujah. And so, you have everything but he's gone. Or perhaps you have a very good marriage, but you don't have the ability to manage the money that God gives to you. God blesses you. There are many people who have had so much money in their lives. I constantly meet people who have had so much money, so much opportunity, and they don't have anything now. You know? Uh, riches, prosperity, is not how much money comes to you, but how you use what comes to you. How you use what comes to you. I tell you, Real prosperity is not a matter of, you know, you had this money and had that money. And most people don't know what to do with money when it comes to them. If you sit down and you calculate and see what has come to you before, you'll be surprised at how much has been directed in your way. But you find out that people don't know how to manage. People don't know how to sacrifice. People, people don't know how to build. 
and it sometimes irritates me because these are the very people when somebody manages his life very well and he begins to look very prosperous these are the very people who wake up and say you know this person is stealing money this one has stolen money and you use your money you've eaten all your money has been turned into soup and to stew and to rice and into blowing time traveling here traveling there spending money for that buying clothes buying shoes buying this buying that and somebody you know somebody once time somebody criticized me said that i wear the same shoes every sunday this is a criticism you are giving to me even if i wear the same shoe every sunday i have a house a real house which belongs to me, to me, which I don't owe anybody any money. So if I have my one shoe in my own house, it's better than you with your 57 shoes in somebody's house. I'm better off than you, even if you criticize me. You have red shoes, I don't have red. You have white, you have blue, you have yellow, you have light yellow and dark yellow and deep yellow, depending on which of the yellows you are wearing. And you have this and that and that. You know, but you don't know how to manage your resources. You don't know how to manage whatever. But God is making you blameless. I see you becoming blameless. God is making you excellent so that you can, you can manage everything. Some of you have a good marriage, but you don't have money. So that no money is coloring everything. One lady was complaining. She said, you know, she, uh, you know I don't know what the problem was. Something, you know. Uh, another one was complaining, but she had many rooms in her house, about six bedrooms. And then another woman was also complaining, and she had only one room with four children. So one day, the pastor called the one with six bedrooms and pointed to the one without any bed, extra bedrooms. And the woman, that woman is, is so, having so many problems. She says that if only her husband would move them from that house, to a bigger house which has more bedrooms there will be peace but you have six bedrooms even there is nobody in some of the rooms because you have so many rooms and you still don't have peace where does it end but god wants to make us blameless god wants to make us excellent in all aspects of our life do you know sometimes the difference between a between two kinds of life is just a little step upwards just a little. In fact, it has been shown that the difference between very, very prosperous and blessed people and those who are not prosperous and blessed is something little. Just a little difference. 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 I see that little difference coming into your life in Jesus' name. Whatever little difference you need in your life, God is going to bless you and God is going to make you an excellent person. I don't want you to miss any part of this excellent series messages because I know that God is going to change your life through it. Amen. Amen. Now, verse 10. Now, oh, let's read verse 9. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 10. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment for it has been declared unto me of my brethren by them which are of the house of chloe that there are contentions among you now this i say that every one of you saith i am of paul and i am of apollos and i am of cephas and of christ uh, is christ divided was paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of paul i thank god that i baptized none of you but crispus and gaius 
Lest any should say that I have baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanas. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Amen. Notice verse 10 again. It says, Now I beseech you, I beg you, brethren, by the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, and that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I want you to see right here, it's actually right at the very beginning of this um, discourse, you'll find the root of all our failings. Division. At every level. At every level is the cause of failure. Division between husband and wife. The husband thinks this and the wife thinks that. We should do this. No, we should do that. And he says, and that you be of the same mind, but we are not of the same mind. That is the basis for all failings of man, division. The failings of Ghana. Let, let's, let's come down to children and their parents. What is the failing of when it comes to your parents and your children? The children have a different mind from the parents. It says that, that you be of the same mind. And your child can grow up and have a completely different mind from the parents. And in fact, you realize that children sometimes get to a point where their hearts are far away from what their parents want. Many of you did not do what your parents wanted you to do. How many did not do what your parents wanted you to do? Lift up your right hand, please. You know what that is. And that's something we have to pray about. It's division in the family. The father and mother are going this way and the children are taking off in another direction. Pray for your children. You know, there's a prayer in Malachi, the last verse. He said that, I will come and I will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the father. You see, the heart of the child can be turned towards the father or away from the father. My children... Their hearts can be turned away from me. If my children's hearts are turned away from me, they will not like what I like. They, they will not like the ministry. They will never like to be pastors. They will not want to do anything that has to do with the work of God all their life. And whatever I like, they will dislike. It, it happens sometimes in marriage. If, if you see that your husband likes this, then you decide not to like that thing. That is the thing I don't like, what he likes. When I see that this is what he wants to do, that I want to do a different thing. That is what I have decided. And there's division, two visions. Pray that you don't have somebody who has always a different vision. And pray for your children that their hearts will be turned towards their, fa their father and their parents. So that the direction that the parents give, they will... I have seen it even in the little children. You will see that one, you will say, go. And you will say, if daddy says go, I'm going. Another one wants to do something else, no matter what daddy says. Even at a young level, you see that thing. And, and that is the cause of... Is that not the cause of failing of children? Many of us would have done better in this life if we had followed 
what our parents told us. I thank God. There are some things my father told me to do. I thank God I did them. My father, I, I never had, you see, I never had an interest, for instance, in being a doctor. Or I, I didn't have any particular interest in anything academic. I was just doing it and I was doing well. Then I, I like animals. I like animals. I like horses, cats, dogs, any animal. Zoos. One of my favorite places is the zoo. Not snakes. I don't like snakes. That's the only animal I don't like. And I don't like lizards either. <laughs> Are you listening to me? And I'm saying that, I, so I decided to be a vet. And my father said to me, what is a vet? Be a doctor. And I was, no, I, won't, I don't want that. Blah, 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 blah. But in the end, I decided to do what he wanted. And I'm glad today that I am a medical doctor and not a vet. Because there is a difference. How many agree that there is a difference? Yeah. There's quite a difference. But you wouldn't know. And you may be growing up and say, I want to be a seamstress. And your, and your father will say, no, you've you got to be a lawyer. My, my, my wife wanted to be a secretary. Or a seamstress. Or I don't know, something like that. And her father said, no, you go to a school. And you go, you be a lawyer. And after that, you can be a secretary or do whatever else, else you want to do. She's very glad today that she followed her father's advice. When you follow your father's advice and there's no division in the family, there are many excellent things that come into your direction, into your life. Division at every level. If you read the final quest, you will see at the very, very first three pages, there was a vision of Satan, the accuser of the brethren. And he continues to describe, he said that the plan of the accuser was very simple. To bring division at every possible level between husbands and wives, between children and children, between children and parents, between pastors and pastors, pastors and congregation members, between at any possible level to bring about some kind of division. That is the root cause of our failings. Look at us, Ghana. We don't have any language that we can say is a national language. Even though tree is the most common language, and easy to understand. We will never accept that tree should be the national language so that people can be educated in tree. So because of that, we have English as the national language. And because English is the national language, and because the vast majority of Ghanaians don't really speak English or they don't speak English properly, the vast majority of our people are described as illiterate because you can't read really and you can't really write and you can't really progress in any field because the language spoken is english and you don't really speak english that's why obra and akan drama these are the most popular programs on tv because that's the la agro eh? and so this is the, the language that people understand and they are not educated and sometimes the teachers don't speak English. So you go to school, the, 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 the teacher has taken the children to farm. And so most villages and most places, you, you say that these people are illiterate. But if we could have agreed, but we can't agree. The Northerners will not accept it. The brothers from the Volta region will not accept it. The guns will say never, 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 never. Davida, Davida. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we continue. 
in our state. We cannot come together. Look at America. You know why America is powerful? America doesn't have so many people. And America doesn't have so much land. You know that continent you see, the big North America? I used to think that that was all America. But it's only half. <laughs> the other half is Mexico and other countries. It's a, small, it's just a small place and a lot of it is the desert. But because they are united, where the nuclear power is, where the oil in Texas and everything is one, they are strong. So Satan comes to you to divide you. And as soon as you can be divided, you are not strong. As soon as we can be divided as a church, as pastors, as individuals, and we say different things, we become weak. That's why I prefer to have three people who support me than to have a group of 26 of whom I'm not sure. I always prefer to have a few who are very solid and who believe in what I'm saying and who believe in my leadership than to have a group who don't really believe. Are you listening to what I'm saying? All right. So God is telling us today that divisions, he says that you all speak the same thing. Speak the same thing. This is why I preach about loyalty. So that we all speak the same thing. And Satan has people who will always enter and say something else. Something different. Bring up some other plan. So that the main plan cannot work. If you are a manager, you are a leader, you must understand, you must be able to get people to say the same thing, to think in the same way. That is why people share, sell shares, so that you own it. And when you own it, you think in the same way. All the owners will think in the same way. All the employees will think in a different way. So when you are an owner, you have a certain mind that you speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you. That you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, we come to a place where we have to realize that there is nothing that we can really do on our own. We always need somebody and we always need to do something with someone. Bible says, so together, that you be joined together, together. Your life, when I was getting married, I told my father, I want to get married in this way and that way. He said something to me I have never forgotten. He said, you are not living on an island all alone. You can't just do anything because there are people you are connected to. There are people who love you. There are people who are related to you. You can't just do anything. You, you are not an island on your own. Neither are you living on an island. You are connected to other people. And other people will help you. Your church will help you. Your members will help you. And you see, that is why when you have something in you that always quarrels and attacks and drives people who will be a blessing to you and drives them away from you, ladies and gentlemen, you are driving away your help. You are driving away your support. You are driving away what will encourage you one day. And that's why God said that you'll be joined together. You need somebody. You may be the most independent woman, but you need a sperm to make you pregnant. No matter what you do and say, you will need somebody to make you pregnant. No matter who you are. If you are a man, you may have whatever. You need a woman to be able to have a child. You, you need somebody together. 
together. It can be a great anointed pastor. You need assistants. You will need members. You will need somebody. You will need. You will need. You will need other churches. You will need somebody else that you'll be joined together. Together, we can do things that God has called us to do. Alone, we can often do very, very little. So the more you isolate yourself, the more you separate yourself, the more you are exposing yourself to a non-excellent life. Jesus. Look at me. I'm a pastor of uh, a church. I have met churches in different parts of the world. Thriving, growing, working. It's not, I'm not the, the one doing it. I'm not doing it alone. I have people with me who work with me, who have the same mind. That is how come you can achieve something great. Some of you, your shop can never expand because there's no one else with the same mind. You need somebody else. Things cannot grow. You have to know that you need somebody. You need to be joined. And that's why Satan is against anything that's joined. He's against relationships. He's against friendships. Never break your friendships with people who God gives to you. You may need them tomorrow. I was talking to one pastor. He said to me, I remember you advised me. You told me there was a problem with one guy. And he said, I remember you told me, be careful with your relationship with this man. Maybe one day you will need him again. Because he never thought he would need him. He was in another country. And one day, he needed the man. And one day, this man called him and invited him to come and pick at a crusade with thousands of people. And so he was telling him, he said, I always remember you told me. Because the man, there were so many problems with him. But you told me, be careful about your relationship with him. Don't spoil everything. Even if you are going, close the door gently. One day you will be finding yourself walking right back through those very doors. So just be cool. You know, when you slam a door, you can't easily come back and ask for, I, I left my, uh, uh, my bag here or whatever. Because when you were going out, you slammed the door very angry. Then you, when you go down, you realize that you have left something. You have to come back for it. And they've seen you again. <laughs> Perfectly joined. Now notice, excellence. For it has been declared unto me, of you my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Excellence. The house of Chloe brings a certain level of excellence which we need in the church today and which we need in our lives. It says, it has been declared unto me by the house of Chloe. The house of Chloe were a particular household who wrote to Paul and told Paul about what was going on. They were loyal to Paul and they believed in what was right. And so when something was going on which was not right, they wrote to Paul and they said, Paul, I want to inform you about what is going on loyalty does not withhold information if you are loyal you must learn to be loyal choose who you are going to be loyal to you know you can't be loyal to everybody you can't you can't be loyal to america and loyal to iraq you have to choose you can't be loyal everywhere 
You can't be loyal to the good and the bad. You can't be loyal to this side and be loyal to the other side. You have to choose which side. When you are working in a place, you have to choose. Well, you know, sometimes in workplaces, they divide themselves into the employees, the masses, and then the management, the unions, and then the management. One day I was talking to him, I said that choose which side you are on. Because the side you choose to belong to is going to define who you will ever be. Either you belong to the so-called lower masses or you belong to the upper group. When you belong to the upper group, even when people are talking in a certain way and you walk in, they will keep quiet. Because they will say one of them, people have come. But when they see you as one of them, they will continue to talk their rubbish with you. Knowing very well that you can never say it. And in our culture, we have a way of, you know, bad things are going on and we choose to belong to that group. And when you choose to belong to that group, that's the group that you belong to. That's where you stay. You're always down there. If you belong to a church, people are criticized. This one is saying this. This one is saying that. You can choose. I belong to the criticizers and the memories. You can decide I belong to the group that are more shepherdorial and more pastoral. And I think that I belong more to the pastors than to these people who are criticizing. And then you have to choose your friendships. Because sometimes to be loyal, you have to actually lose a friendship. And say, you know, I am going to say this thing. No matter what happens, go and tell him that I said. And then we will see. Now the house of Chloe were an excellent house. They were helping to build an excellent church. An excellent life without divisions. And they had some people destroying the church. By dividing, I mean, how can you divide the church based on who baptized you? They had people, supposing people come and say, I belong to Reverend Addis fan club. <laughs> I'm in Reverend Saki's group. I, I belong to this. I belong to that. For me, I prefer this person. I prefer that pastor. I prefer Reverend Saki. I prefer Pastor Eddie. Oh, I prefer Pastor Fabian. You are destroying something God is building. And he said, it has been reported. It has been reported by the house of Chloe. May there be more houses of Chloe in this church. May there be more houses of Chloe in your workplace. May you become a person of Chloe. That kind. Who will come and say, you know, I just want to tell you. I remember... One time, when our walls were broken, not everybody, of course, agrees with everything. And I don't expect everybody to agree with everything. But when our walls were broken, we had a particular stance. And at that time, even we had not yet been attacked. No, yes, we had, our walls were broken. We had been attacked. And so on. And it got to a point where, you know, one of my pastors was not happy with the whole thing. He said, oh, you know, Bishop should take his time, you know, the way he's handling this thing, this and that and that and that and so on. You know, then another pastor was a Chloe pastor came up to me and told me, Bishop, I think there's something that you should know. 
and she said, this person, you know, I overheard him saying this and that, or even he was talking to her, he was saying this and that and that about this project as well, and I just felt that you should know that. And I said to her, thank you. You see, but immediately, I realized that this is a person who is with me, and that person is not really with me. And, to, and although it may just look like little criticism, today, that, that, pastor, that pastor has left the church. He left the church some years ago. Because, you see, there's already something in him that is rejecting the leadership of the church. Fighting the leadership, fighting whatever is going on. It's within him. And he came out and he said, he said whatever he did say. And so many other things. You get what I'm saying? But then you have somebody who is loyal, who will come up and say, I think... I would like you to know. And I put my hand on her shoulder. I said, I said, God bless you, sister. I will not forget this. I will remember. Because I, from this, I know that you are loyal to me. But you see, later on, if I find out that, you know, this person knows this, and this person knows this, and this person knows this, but this has come out from another angle. Now I begin to distrust this person, this person, this person, there because they are all aware of whatever, and they all either are aware or they discuss it, but I don't know. Then I don't trust any of them anymore. It's easy. It's a principle. That's right. And I want to say that thank God for the house of glory because because of what they said, we are even preaching today 2,000 years later. Because of what they said, the apostle could write and correct things in the church and point things out and he mentioned the person who told him. And said, I, I want to correct you because this is what you said and I want you to know that it is wrong and this is the person who said it. And if you are not prepared for people to know your stand, then you are a reed shaken by the wind. You must be able to say, I said it. Because you said it. And I don't agree with you. And I think it's not right to say, speak in that way. And if you speak in that way, I will go and say it. One time, I was with some pastors. And uh, this pastor was with me, joined me to do certain projects, certain things in the ministry. And uh, one other pastor came along and he asked me, no, who, nobody is going to join this thing you are doing. Nobody is going to be part of it. I said, oh, why do you say nobody is going? People are, go people are going to join. People are joining. He said, oh, who is joining? Who is joining? Who will join? Oh, I said, oh, past people are joining. He said, oh, who will join? Then I said, then I mentioned one or two people who had joined. Then he laughed. Then he asked me, have I heard this proverb before? I said, what proverb? He said that you will not see a cocodene jumping on the lawn in the afternoon without a reason. <laughs> I will explain that to you. A cocodene is a frog. <laughs> he said, you, you don't see a frog jumping on the lawn in the broad sunshine broad daylight sunshine jumping on the lawn unless there is a reason and it's quite true you don't normally see the frog jumping on the green grass in broad daylight unless there's a reason maybe it has seen something or something is chasing it or it has seen something that is going to get that is what that's the problem that he gave me so i, I said what what are you saying i said what are you saying about my friend I don't like 
what you are saying. It's not a nice thing. So later I met my friend, Kokodini. <laughs> then I told him, I told him, do you know that you are Kokodini? <laughs> no, I didn't say it in that way, but I told him the proverb. And he said, who said that? And I, I said, oh, this is what so-and-so said. Ah, you, it's better for you to know. That is what uh, somebody... Later on, this other fellow came to find out. And he said, how can you, how, can, how could you go and say that to him? I said, if you like, say another one. If you like, say another one. This for Alon Teo, any other animal. I will go and say that one too. If you like, open your mouth and say Open your mouth and speak another one. I will go and say that one too. You see, that must be your then nobody is able to come between friendships and relationships. What you must realize is what someone says to you about this and that is all bringing divisions between free people, and it's like you're saying negative things so that it gradually separates your mind and, and you become separate at heart. And people are always able to come in with such comments. But you must be able to stand and say, this is what I believe. I remember I was with another pastor. And then he was criticized. I was in Bishop Duncan Williams' office. In, uh, I was in his office with this pastor. And uh, we had a nice meeting and we left. And I saw this pastor later on in the day, either the day, the next day, or a couple of days later. Then this pastor started, made some very 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 sarcastic and terrible remark about bishop duncan william and i said you know something i don't appreciate what you are saying I, and i told him to his face i said that what you are saying is not right because we were with him in the office this morning you chatted with him we all smile laugh talk it's not right for you to come just in the afternoon and say such things i don't appreciate i think it is wrong from that day till today this person is not my friend but that's my stand. I don't want such things. I want us to say the same thing. When we say, we meet and we talk and we smile here. And then when we step out here, you say a different thing. We are not having the same mind. We are not saying the same thing. We are having divisions amongst us. And there will be no excellence in the church. No excellence in the ministry. No excellence in your life. There will be no blessing of a certain kind. It will just not be there. I said it will just not be there. I said it will just not be there. People, don't, people think that, you see, when you are being disloyal, like people think that, you know, when you are part of the disloyal group, you, you think you are at, a, at an advantage. You know, when things are being said, it's like you are part of it and you know, but it's like you don't want to say. You think you are at an advantage. But what you don't realize, you know, people who have all these double, three, four standards, at the end of the day, what happens is that people don't like you and they don't trust you anymore because they realize you are not straightforward. Decide. You see, like Reverend Steve came when he was preaching. He said, decide not to be a reed shaken by the wind. What did you go to see him when you went to see John the Baptist? A reed which, when the wind is blowing this way, it just bends. When it's blowing this way, it just bends this way. When it's blowing this way, it just bends. When there's somebody, you just flow with him. When another person comes, you turn around and you flow the other way. Where do you stand? Who do you belong to? Which church do you belong to? Who is your pastor? Which company do you belong to? Who, who is your boss? Is your boss that person who you are typing with, with whom you are criticizing and talking? Technically, you will never excel in this life. 
You will always be, because you will be, these things, there's a way that always comes out. During the last elections, there were some people, anytime you see, I said, who are you voting for? Where do you say? They say, oh, I've lost my card. You know, I can't, what do you call it? And so on. I remember my mother-in-law was telling me this story. Telling us this story. She was on a trip with some man somewhere. And then when the election was going, he said, oh, you, I'm sure you support NDC. The man said, me? Yeah. I support NDC, MPP. He spoke vehemently in favor of MPP and against NDC. So she was surprised. She said, oh, okay, I'm surprised because I would have thought that you would have supported them anyway. She said one day, this was when the campaign started early, she put on the television to see. I mean, and who did she see? Who did she see? Chameleon. Chameleon. See me after I'll give you a book, please. Eh? <laughs> who did she see? This man. Not only was he with the NDC team, but he was standing as an MP. And today he's an MP. This is a person who said, I don't belong. I'm against this. And not only is he just support, even if you change your mind, but you are now actually a standing for election. <laughs> this is the spirit of chameleon. And what happens with that after a while? People don't like you because they realize that you are two-faced. Nobody can trust you. When you say that, when you smile, we don't know whether it really means you belong to her because the next moment when you are with somebody else, you'll be smiling also. And then we don't know. So take a stand. If you want real friends and if you want to really excel in life, take a stand. Take a stand. Say, this is what I believe in. This is my stand. Somebody will hate you today, but many more people will like you tomorrow. But when you don't take a stand, it looks like you have got the friendship of this person and this person. But it's just a matter of time before this one finds out that you are not really with him, but you are really with this person. And this one will not like you, and a whole lot of other people will not support you. Double tongue. Divisions. It is the cause of non-excellence. When people divorce... This one goes here and this one goes here. It's division. But the division starts in the heart. I'm going to be meeting with married couples. It starts in the heart. You see that people are together physically, but their hearts have been going like this. As the years go by, they are more, they are just going apart. Apart. You compare with the beginning. They are just going like this. Apart. Divergent. Division. Divergent. Different opinions. Listen to me. Marriage, you cannot marry if you are selfish. You have to bury your opinion one day and take somebody's opinion. Because you can only have one leader. You can only have one vision. That's why I say in my church, and some people don't understand why I say that. I say I'm the leader I was not voted in. I am the head of this church I was not voted in. You can't vote me out. It's not the democratic leadership in our church. It's not democracy. There's democracy everywhere except here. Here, there's no democracy. I am the head and the vision carrier of this church. It's as simple as that. And, and everybody else here is supporting me in the vision that God has given me for the church. 
if you don't like it and if it's a problem for you as you notice there's no door in the church you just move to the right and you are out very easy yeah very easy people who are loyal and people who are like the house of chloe often they come into great blessings turn with me to the book of esther all right esther esther chapter 5 verse 11 and haman told them of the glory of his riches and the multitude of his children and all the things where the king had promised him and how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king and haman said moreover yea esther the queen did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared but myself and tomorrow am i invited unto her also with the king yet all this availeth me nothing so long as i see mordecai the jew sitting at the king's gate then said zeresh his wife and all his friends unto him let a gallows be made that is something to hang a man let a gallows be made of 50 cubits high and tomorrow speak thou unto the king that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thou in merrily with the king unto the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. This is a man, Haman. He was one of the ministers, deputy minister or minister for roads and, uh, so not roads, minister for lakes and rivers. All right. And um, he was planning to execute one of the pastors, Mordecai who was also the uncle of Esther, all right? And so the king uh, was going to be told to execute Mordecai, a good man. Notice everybody, because this can save your life one day. Verse 1, on that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written, notice what was found, that Mordecai had told of Bithana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who slot to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And the king said, what honor and dignity had been done to Mordecai? Everybody say honor and dignity say honor and dignity what honor and dignity has been done to Mordecai for this then said the king's servants that ministered unto him there is nothing done for him verse 4 then the king said who is in the court now Haman was come the man who was planning to kill Mordecai have him killed now Haman was coming to the outward court of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him and the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in. Are you with me? Verse 6. And the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighted to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, To whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? And Haman answered the king, For the man whom the king delighted to honor, let the royal... Now he was saying things that he was imagining for himself. Let the royal apparel be brought, which the king useth to wear, and the horse that the king rideth upon, and the crown royal which is set upon his head. And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, 
that they may array the man with all whom the king delighted to honor and bring him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaim before him thus it shall be done to the man whom the king delighted to honor to honor everybody say i am getting honor i am excelling in this life i am excelling in this life I'm walking into honor. Hallelujah. Then the king said to Haman, Make haste and take the apparel, the horse, as thou hast said, and do so even to Mordecai, the Jew, that sitteth at the king's gate, and let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken of. Then took Haman the apparel, the horse, the ar- and arrayed Mordecai, and brought him on horseback through the street of the city, and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delighted to honor. And Mordecai came again unto the king's gate. But Haman hasted to his house mourning, having his head covered. And Haman told Zeresh and his wife and all his friends everything that had befallen him. Then said his wise men and Zeresh his wife unto him, Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews, before whom thou hast begun to fall. Thou shalt not prevail against him, but thou shalt surely fall before him. His wife told him that. And while they were yet talking with him, came the king's chamberlains and hasted to bring Haman unto the banquet that Esther had prepared. Amen. Notice verse 2. Let's read verse 2, please. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bictana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hands on the king Ahasuerus. Amen. Listen to me. Listen. Bektana and Teresh were planning to kill the king. Mordecai saw, heard of it, and went and told. There is a man called Teresh, another one called Bektana. Chamberlains, your servants, your workers, people you trust in, people who are all around you, smiling with you, bowing to you, and this is what they plan to do. And Mordecai said it. And Bektana and Teresh were arrested and executed hanged and Mordecai was just walking around coolly ladies and gentlemen this one act is what saved him and brought him to great honor in fact I have noticed that people who are loyal to me they they I bring them as far as I'm concerned to honor in relation to me yeah I bring them to honor in relation to me and those who think they are being whatever you know being diplomatic or whatever I always find out that oh, this person knows it, this person knows it, this one is not saying this, this one says, knows this but not, does not say this, or this one also said some and so on. Somehow, I don't know how it is, the Bible says the king here, yeah, the sparrow flies to tell the king about it. You somehow get to know. And then you realize that this person is not with you, this person is not really not with you, and so on. And God, let me tell you, if you want to build something successful, learn the principle. You see, you yourself must be a loyal person before people will be loyal to you. If you're ever going to be a leader, people have to, you have to be a loyal person. Loyal to your friends, loyal to your pastor, loyal to your God. And then people will also, you will find God will bless you with loyal people. I believe God has blessed me with many very loyal people. People ask, you know, people send faxes to my pastors asking, how, what are the instructions that are given to you? Uh, what, what are the financial, this thing that are given to you? What do you have to do uh, in Lighthouse and so on? Well, they don't want to ask me directly, but they want to ask one of my pastors. But many of, one of the things that many people don't understand is that there is a loyal relationship. That is what builds things. I tell you, just 
this kind of loyalty. A person who will say, this is the true reality of what is going on, of what happened. Such a person is lifted to honor and dignity. Honor and dignity. Honor and dignity. I am preaching honor and dignity upon your life. In the, receive honor and dignity in the name of Jesus. I said receive honor and dignity in the name of Jesus. May you always be honored in this life. May you be dignified in this life. May you have the dignity that Mordecai had in this life. May you not be dishonored and may you not be disfavored in this life in the name of Jesus. May you have that spirit that I am one. It's what you choose where you want to belong to. And when you've chosen, stay. Stay. Attach. Not together. I said together. Together. Together is not for good time. Together is for bad time. Bad time pulls us apart. Bad time divides us. But bad time is where we have to see that we are together. Together. That's why your business cannot go. That's why you cannot move out of just that one kiosk. Or you are selling rice or selling this. Or you can't sell in more than one place because nobody will be loyal to you. Because you've not. I preach loyalty. People are using my books and using my books in Bible schools, even in businesses. You are sitting in the church. You won't even read it and learn it and learn something you don't know that you cannot achieve. That you have not been able to achieve, even for your own business. People look, you know, you, you see. I said, I've just come from London where we dedicated our cathedral. I am informing you that Lagos, we've also just bought our church building there. We'll be dedicating it soon. And so on and so forth. And the churches are growing and all over. And you can see that God is moving. You to learn something. Even if you are a businessman, learn and ask that how is a multinational organization in different countries, different places, it's working. What is making it work? Don't just look and say, the man is lucky. Lucky? Do things just work by luck? Learn something. That's why I wrote the books for you so that you will learn. What I'm sharing with you is in the book on loyalty. Maybe you've not read it before. That's why you don't know. These examples are in the book. Leaders and loyalty. Learn it. I, I was told recently of one church. I didn't know which. I didn't know about it. A church went somewhere and landed a whole camp meeting. Even the Bible was not even the main book. The main book was my book, Leaders and Loyalty. It's not a lighthouse church. Everybody was a, Before you come to the camp, you must have the book. Everybody were teaching them page by page from the book. These are principles that if you learn, you will be, you will be honored. Even your boss, not that you must be a telltale, everything. I will tell that, I will go and tell, I will go and tell. That is different from being a telltale. I'm talking about being a lawyer and you look at the principle and say that this is not the correct thing. And if you don't line up, we are not going to support this, we are not going this way. If, if the government had loyalty. You know, sometimes they often say that the president doesn't know what is going on. If the president had loyal people to come and tell him that, look, do you know what is going on? Do you know what is going on? But we want to save our faces. Many of the things that are the corruption and so on that they are discovering and, and so on now. People know, have known about it all along. I even have known of people who always you hear rumors, 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 rumors all the time. Things are, even now things are going on. But there's no loyal person. Yes, we have PhDs. Yes, we have masters. Yes, we have MBAs. Yes, we have people who have done banking and accounting, but I don't have loyal people. That's why the thing can't work. There's PhD. PhD, we have more, abundantly more. PhDs, masters, first degrees, whatever, but no loyalty. Loyalty is not there. And therefore, the thing cannot grow. And therefore, our millions and billions, 
are siphoned out. Contracts are inflated. Never are we told the truth. It's always, and then people will be dribbling around the president and around the people who know all. That is all that we don't have. Only loyalty. You say what? PhD. You say what? Educated people. You say what? Oh, come on. And you know that the white man, he buys his loyalty with money. And he knows that, he knows when people will be disloyal. Like the French. They know when they go to Africa, they will pay money. So they say, tax is taxable. Because they know it will happen. But when you suggest people that, when they sign a contract, you should officially give the minister 10% or 5%. People will laugh. So, he's a small boy, doesn't know what to say. Oh, don't mind him, this and that. White man, this and that. We have the MBAs. Look, listen to our Minister of Finance giving the budget. So impressive. Yeah, when, when, they, when they read out all their things, you say, oh, oh, Ghana is being saved. This is their fiscal something, balance of something, something, something. They'll be making the words, saying the things. Oh, 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 oh. We have the MBAs. We have people who have been to America. They've been to school. They've done this. They've done this. They've done whatever. And they, have, they are all sitting there as we continue to descend. Descend and descend and descend and descend. Because there's no loyal person. Not MBA. There's MBA. There's MBA. There's PhD. There's the educated and intelligent people who have studied in Oxford and have studied in University of Ghana and other places. But they are not loyal. And you have all of them, if they were to have loyalty, even in the army, there wouldn't be certain coups that we have experienced. We will hear about it. Even when I was in secondary school, uh, is it secondary school? So there was going to be a coup, and somebody in my class said there was going to be a coup. And I said, how do you know? And he just smiled. And the next morning, there was a coup. It's a small boy. If you have people who have the spirit of Mordecai, the spirit of the house of Chloe, there will be an excellent nation. Not that we will put on the radio, Claire, you see, uh, 99.7, say, uh, there has been announced that everybody should stay in his house and there's something, something, last corporal, so and so has given orders that what? Orders that what? What again? How can there be a rebellion in Cote d'Ivoire? Half of the army have taken off and half of the army belong to whatever. And some of the top officials of uh, Bagbo's government are on the rebel side. How? 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 Is it that we don't have intelligence? We have everything except loyalty. I, I lie or I no lie? Are they not lawyers, doctors, PhDs, what have you, educated? Our president was educated in Oxford, I believe. Highly educated, these are precocious and what have you. They're all these, you hear them speaking their slangs and so on. They have all been to school at different places and have developed uh, locally acquired accents and so on. We have all of them, but we don't have loyalty. So you can siphon out millions and billions and billions and they'll always be explaining to us that uh, there's something, something. You wait and see when America starts to bomb. You went when they start to bomb and then things start to change in the system. You what that would be another reason. Because they are going to bomb them. If you come to my office, I employ a lot of people. I employ people abroad. I, I employ people in different countries. I don't go by MBA, PhD. 
One of the first things I go by is the heart of the person and how far the person's heart is with me first. And I don't even go by what the person learned in school. It doesn't matter. You just have to, usually you have to have just some sense. Common sense. <laughs> it's, it's working for me. How many organizations have grown to a multinational organization in more than 30 countries? Tell me. Real. We are just about to buy our church building in, in, in South Africa. And, and employing people there in different countries. It's nice for you to clap, but I'm trying to, for you to learn something for yourself. Yeah, I'm saying that you are Mordecai. Become an honored and dignified person in this world. You cannot be honored and digni dig dignified everywhere. Some places, choose which side you are on. Okay. Choose where you belong. Where, where am I? Even in the church, we, there are all kinds of groups of people. There are liars in the church. When the liar comes, he joins the other liars. Fornicators, they join the fornicators. Womanizers, they join the womanizers. There are different groups. Join the right group. And there are people who are loyal to the pastor. Join the group that are loyal to the pastor and decide that this is the group that I belong to. A blessing of excellence will come upon your life. And you will see. God has blessed me. People have hated me, said all sorts of things, even towards the government. But at the end of the day, the honor and the dignity. And that's why I, I am not afraid to say where I stand. I support this, I support this. I'm not a traditional pastor. I'm not trying to make you vote for this or that, but I can say what I believe in. This is not the case. I am on both sides. I have a stand. And it's not true that you don't have a stand. Asantehini has a stand. The president of the Presbyterian Church has a stand. Everybody has a stand. Don't deceive us that you don't have a stand. We all have a stand. And I can say my stand. And I can stand up and say why. And I allow everybody else to have his stand. Even if it's different. And I stand for what I stand. What do you stand for? What do you stand for? I will always gravitate towards loyal people. Put us, I don't care, MBA, PhD. Oh, give me a loyal man. My father had a hotel, Panorama Hotel, some years ago. He used to earn something like 10,000 every night when he comes for the sales. There was a man there who would give him the sales 10,000, 10,000, 10,000, 12,000, 10,000. Those days, 10,000 was a lot of money. 10,000, 12,000. One day, something happened. He became very angry. He sacked everybody from the hotel. Then he called me and said, do you have anybody who can help me in the hotel? I said, oh, I have a friend. Yeah, I have a friend. So I, I called for my friend. I, I need him right now. I need him right now. So I'll get him right now. So I got him right now. And I brought him to my father. And so my father put him in the hotel and said, stay here. If anybody comes, register. This is how you register and put the person in. The next morning, my father came there. Do you know how much money he got? He had been getting 10,000, 12,000. The next one, when he came, when my friend was there, you know how much he got? 150,000. My friend, my friend has not been to university. My friend had not uh, done MBA. He has not done hotel management course. He had not done whatever. He has just been to sixth form. But he was loyal. So from that day, from the 10,000, they began to get 150,000. Like 15 times the amount they were getting. Just by the presence of one loyal person. One loyal person made a difference in the business. Because he was faithful and he was a Christian and he wasn't going to lie. He said, there were, he, he didn't, you see, the other people would, when the people come, they will not register them. 
and they'll say only two people came to the hotel last night but when my friend came he said no there were 11 people here and this is the 11 people's money so from that day the hotel changed and from that day he began to make a lot of money perhaps you don't make a lot of money in all that you are doing because under you you have phds and what have you but none of them is lawyer none of them can stand up and say say that i said it when you go say that i said it and i'm prepared for you to call me these are the people i want these are the people i said say that i said it call the man and call me we'll all sit down call the man call me and say i said i am the one who said it if he likes you i'm here i'm prepared to lose my friendship with him that's what we need that's what will take us up that's what will take your business that there be no division that from up to the, down airtight one mind one voice speaking the same thing if you if you are trying to deviate somebody will blow the whistle so that there'll be stability eh, me i don't believe it doesn't matter I see those who are going for excellence rising. I say, I see you rising. I see you rising in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bow your heads for a moment, please. Lift your hands to the Lord. I want you to ask God for a spirit of loyalty because you need to be loyal whether you are up or down. You need to be loyal. You need to learn that it is of God. The house of Chloe, the spirit of Mordecai, you need to learn it. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your guidance in the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be your holy name, Father. We worship you. Honor you. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. Somebody invited me to church, but in my heart I know I'm not born again. I want to give my life to Jesus. If you are here like that, just lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you. Just your right hand up high. I want to give my life to Jesus. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. I see all your hands lifted up. Lifted up high. God bless you. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to come to me in the front here. Just come from where you are standing. Just, I can see your hand. Just come from there. Come from the back, wherever you are. Quickly, please. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Quickly, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Come quickly. You want to give your life to Jesus. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. All right. Let's pray. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I receive Jesus as my Savior. I realize that I am a sinner. I realize that I don't know you. But today, I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Cleanse my heart. Touch my heart. From this moment, I will serve you. I will follow you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you.
Our pastor, this way, is waiting for you. I want you to go with him. He's going to share some things with you over there. This way. Can you wave your hands so they give him a mighty clap offering? Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.